What's up, beloved? Welcome. I'm Kelly Rich. I'm an intuitive psychic medium and spiritual mentor and the host of the Own Your Intuition podcast. I'm honored that you're here and that you are available for these messages. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Own Your Intuition to stay up to date on every new episode that comes out on Sundays. I want to take the time to send my gratitude and love to you for tuning in, sharing the show with your loved ones, and writing the most heartwarming reviews ever. (laughs) Each week, the podcast is growing, and hearing your messages about how the podcast is helping you in some way, how it's changing your life, how it's bringing comfort to some of you in quarantine or in lockdown. It's truly incredible. And I'm so honored that you're here and you're a part of this ever-growing global community. Last week's episode on empaths and claiming your sensitivities is one of the top listened to podcasts episodes within its first seven days of being published. And I've been getting lots of follow-up questions. And I want you to know that I'm working with my assistant Carly on setting up some type of streamlined service where you will be able to submit questions for the show. But until then, I really invite you to sign up for an upcoming event where I offer a live Q&A. I get a lot of questions, which is why I embed Q&As into events and into ceremonies online where maybe you don't feel like you can come and sign up for a one-on-one session, whether it be financially, time-wise, I'm booking out a few weeks or a couple months ahead. I get it. The online events is really where it's at. This December 21st, 2020 is the powerful winter solstice ceremony. If you're on my newsletter, you know I shared a lot about what's coming up astrologically, an energy update. And the 31st of December, which is New Year's Eve, is the online New Year's Eve Sacred Gathering. Both end with a live Q&A. If you're looking for more time and individual support, I encourage you to sign up for a one-on-one session with me. You can read more about the events, access registration for the events, as well as sign up for a one-on-one session if you're feeling called for that at my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. The last update I want to share with you is that in 2021, I will be releasing a few new offerings, updating my mentorship, my one-on-one sessions, and this includes different rates as well. In my monthly newsletter, I'll be sharing more to come as well as energy updates like I mentioned. Last month, I shared a really fun high vibes recipe that I really love. I sent out a special gift card sale coupon code. So if you want to get on my newsletter, go to that same website, kellyrichintuitive.com. Join the community there as well. That's another free way to work with me. All right, beloved, let's switch gears to this week's special episode. Today, you are invited into my conversation with Deborah Hennekamp, also known as Mama Medicine. You may know Deborah from her beautiful book called Ritual Baths, or perhaps one of her swoon-worthy full moon baths on Instagram. I recently found out that Deborah is a part of Alicia Keys' new offering called, I believe it's Soul Keys Care, which is really, really cool. And we talk about what it means to humanize the healer, thoughts on cancel culture, 
what might fill toxicity when you are committed to releasing it, like what might take its place. And if you love or if you learn something from today's episode and would like to share the love, screenshot the episode, share it on Instagram, and you can tag me at Kelly Rich Intuitive. You can also find Mama Medicine. You could tag her too at Mama Medicine. Yay. Here we go. Enjoy. Hi, Deborah. Welcome to Own Your Intuition. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Me too. I've been, for those of you listening, I found Deborah Hennecamp, also known as Mama Medicine, a few years ago on Instagram. And I bought your book, Deborah, the beginning of this year. I feel like it was right around the time where COVID was really mainstream and kind of in Mm -hmm. our faces and your bath prescriptions really helped me to ground and uncover like who I am in the face of anxiety in the face of like a pandemic and for everyone listening her book is called uh, ritual baths and If you're new to her work, I would say definitely check her out on Instagram, Mama Medicine, but her book too is so lovely, so lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah, it resonated so much. Just a lot of how you carry yourself and share your medicine and share your magic with the world. I feel inspired but I also feel like a little bit of this kindredness this kindred spirit-esque or essence because I find that sometimes with healing work and intuitive work there's many opinions on how to show up and how you can't show up and you kind of got to be perfect or you you definitely got to show up perfect even if you're not and that has always brought me a little bit of sadness and a little Mm -hmm. bit of rebellion. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to show up like that. I want to really share my story of how I've come to where I am today. And I feel like your language, I heard you use the language of humanizing the healer a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Time is like all blending together. (laughs) Really stuck with me. And in all the good ways, like really stuck in my heart. And I've been sitting with this, this topic of humanizing the healer ever since. And I would love to just hear maybe, maybe not your definition, but like what your heart feels around this topic. I love this question and thank you so much for bringing it up because I think it's super important. I think that, um, in the past, uh, healers have been, have been, um, depicted as godlike and almost otherworldly and almost, uh, like non, non-human really, you know, and so, the, so therefore not susceptible to the, the beauty and the flaws of being human, you know, the beauty in like really messing up and then learning the lessons from how we've messed up and things like that. And, you know, that's not, that's not really true. I think that we all have this 
you know, divine essence within us, every person, whether you title yourself as a healer or not, we all have divinity within us. And we all have the capability to remove layers and layers of illusions from our reality in order to become closer and closer to that divinity. And healers really are are just humans that are on a healing path, you know, that they they're working hard at removing those layers. And, you know, when you, when you give healers more of that, like human ground, more of that, like common, common ground, um, there's less fault in that healers mess up just like everybody else. Healers have their own lessons to learn just like everybody else that, there's never like a healed destination that you get to that you're always in the process of healing and it doesn't matter what your occupation is. We are always in the process of healing, whether you get on board with it or not, we're always in the process of healing and healers are just people who have surrendered to that process really. Um, and I, I really with who I am and with what my work is, I really feel it's important to show like the human parts of me and to not be chasing perfection because I think that that removes the, the, the beauty in, and it removes the, the uniqueness in what it means to be human. So eloquent. I feel like the cancel culture thing is really toxic from my opinion Mm -hmm. and how especially with I'm not saying that like if we do something to harm another person or violating other people or or groups of people isn't isn't wrong or needs to attention doesn't need to be brought to that I do feel like that's important but I feel like someone says something that doesn't align with maybe a majority of people on the interwebs. The cancel culture of this topic of like humanizing the healer, I feel like they're on other sides of the spectrum where humanizing the healer is accepting that, like you said, we aren't perfect and that there's always more to learn and grow from and heal from. And Yes, it's not about perfection, but it's also like, are you really going to hold somebody in this cancel culture way because they didn't say or show up the way that you wanted to in their own healing process? I feel like that's really damaging and it and it really is the opposite of humanizing the healer because when we're humanizing the healer, we can accept that we're all flawed and that we all have space to grow. So I would love to hear your opinion on cancer culture in that form too. Well, when I look at a a lot of it now, there's obviously there's like different degrees of it, but when I look at the more toxic aspects of cancel culture, where sometimes um, the canceling is happening out of envy or just straight up misunderstanding or um, or just just simply a disagreement. So talking about like that that more like toxic place rather than when when people like actually do something horrendous, try to cover it up and keep on going yeah. like nothing happened, you know. So I think that there's like some 
some good in um, calling out, but I think it has to be done in a way that is really compassionate. And to me, it's not just for, for healers. I think it's for everyone. Um, I love that RBG quote where it's like, I forget exactly what it is, but it's like, convince others in a way where they'll relate to you basically instead of in a way where they're going to have to hop into like defense mode right Mm. um and I think a lot like there's probably like a lot of people out there doing canceling that have good intention that probably have even healing attention but they also have a problem with feeling very righteous themselves and you know that they're they feel that they're so right and the issue is that the moment that I say that I am right and that you are wrong, I put myself in a place of ignorance. And ignorance is a huge, huge part of the, the, the problems that we're seeing faced right now in 2020. Now, I, I really have to look to our education system, especially in the United States, as a root cause of all of this, but in general, education, be it public or or private, when it's mainstream education, where you're taught to, you know, sit at this desk, do what you're told, don't ask why, this is the right answer, this is the wrong answer, you know, different is wrong, try to fit in, try, you know, be a team player, be a part of society, and what we have now is a bunch of people, and you notice this a lot, especially with um, like younger generations who don't necessarily know how to think for themselves. And even if they are curious of asking like, well, wait a second, why are we faulting this person or that person? They're afraid to ask the questions that they have because they've been conditioned for so long to just stay in line, do what you're told, do what you're supposed to. This is how you're a good person. This is how you're a bad person. Now, on top of education, you have um, you have uh, things like religion. You have cultural conditioning. You have all these things of like essentially telling you that anything out of the bounds of what is what is right, and this is what's right. Anything out of the bounds of what is normal is 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 wrong is unholy is unpure needs to be faulted needs to be scrutinized needs to be called out needs to be canceled you know i wonder i wonder like um i wonder the world that we would live in and i often imagine this of where like there's like this classroom that you go into and it's from first grade all the way through grade 12 where like you're encouraged to do imaginative play and you're encouraged to ask all of the questions where, where really no question is, is a wrong question. You know, you're, you're encouraged to ask why you're encouraged to challenge things that you're told is fact. I wonder often like what we could invent from that place of imagination being encouraged, like, the problems that would be solved so easily because people are, are encouraged to dream, you know, and, and to believe what they want and, and believe in who they are. I feel like I could cry. <laughs> <laughs> like shivers running down my body. Um, yeah. It's so beautiful. I've, as you're talking, I'm, I feel like I'm 
just thinking of my own childhood and education from personal experience. And yeah, it was a lot of like, stay in line. Don't wear that. You, you got to go home and change. That's not cool. That's not good. You're not the good girl. You're, you know, that's, you're the bad girl that a lot of that language. And I feel like I'm still uncovering and healing from a lot of that because I find that it's a way to program us. It's a way to program us so that we all look the same, dress the same, talk the same, agree the same. And oof, it's. I feel like I heard you say something once where it was like, sameness does not equal safeness, that that is an yeah. illusion. And that's also something that stuck with me. And I feel like my whole life, I've always felt different, even, even when I tried to fit in, even when I tried to be safe in sameness, even when I talked the same or dressed the same, it never, it never worked because it was never true to who I was. And I feel like the past couple of years for me personally, with really stepping out in my gifts and starting to like unbury them a little by little, little by little, I've lost a lot of people. I've lost People, maybe lost isn't the right word. It feels more like relationships have just transformed and they have evolved. But it also meant that less time with certain people or being less available for their time, my time. And it's felt a little bit lonely. And what I feel in my heart is that there is a part of me in this life that it's not that I'm meant to be alone, but it's that I'm meant to be really careful with who I spend my time with and who I'm quote unquote following or taking advice from. And with everything going on collectively and also astrologically right now, like as we're speaking in the beginning of December and like what is mm-hmm. to come this next month, that there's a lot of energy and almost like invitations for us to step higher up into higher frequencies and and let almost like how I see it is like letting more light in and yeah. letting more love in. And what I keep hearing is that we can't rise up and also try to carry the old stuff that's not working with us. And that that also means relationships. And I feel like I'll speak for myself that that's challenging for me. It's like, oh, but I can let more light in and still hold on to this maybe toxic friendship. Or mm. I'll go up and let more love in. But can I just hang out here so I'm not, so I don't feel like I'm alone? So maybe I feel like I fit in a little bit. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not how it works. <laughs> so I'm wondering like if you feel similar or maybe in the past you have or if you have any like personal feelings thoughts around this I yeah I I'm somebody who really assesses all of my relationships often and um you know I I'm friends with all different people from all different walks of life I don't like only hang out with healers or something like that or, or, or people who like take on the profession of being a healer. But I would say that 
you know, the friends that I have now that I keep close, they are all really healers in their own way because of the simple fact that they are generous. And that's what I look for in my relationships. Like, is this a generous person or not? Because that to me is like a key sign of somebody who I'm going to vibe with. They're, they're a healer, but they don't know it simply because of that sense of generosity. You know, when I first met Herman, my husband, I was like really observing him. I mean, I did all sorts of things. Like I was testing his patience, like just like all sorts of things to see how he would react. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was we live here in New York City. Um, Unfortunately, probably even more so around nine years ago when we met, there's a lot of homeless people here. And, you know, he would give them money, buy them sleeping bags, go get them food, get them coats. Like he, he gave more than I thought was like sound to do, you know? And to me, I was like, okay, this is really my partner because he has this key quality that I really admire in people. And my friends, no matter what their, their job is or who they are, what walk of life they come from, I always look for, are they generous or not? And I think maybe it's because of being a Scorpio. I don't know. But I'm always like very loyal to the people that I love. And so I also look for that. Like there are certain things that I would just, I, I would never do to people that I'm friends with. And if they cross that, that loyalty with me, I'm just like, okay, that's, that's done. Like, mm. For example, like it, I would never talk about a gossip about a friend behind their back. If I find out that they've done that, I like just can't, I can't vibrate on that level with them. I just can't do it, you know? Yeah. But relationships (laughs) in terms of family is really much more uh, complex for me. Like that's, in terms of family of origin, that's been like the harder place to find those boundaries. But through, um, through acceptance of who my family of origin is, what, the, what kind of people they are, through acceptance of their uniqueness, rather than needing them to be the same as me or hold the same views as me, I've actually learned so much and have been inspired so much about maybe that specific person isn't asking for my help, you know, but maybe there's like five other people who would come for medicine readings or be in space that carry the same burdens that they do that I can help. Mm. So I've also found a lot of medicine and not necessarily just like tossing these people out just because they don't, have the same views of the world as I do. Yeah, I feel like it can almost be a little bit of that cancel culture again if we do. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to throw you away. Oh, you yeah. crossed me, I'm going to throw you away instead of like, okay, I'm going to just kind of send you on your way. And I'm going to send myself on my way. And just because we don't vibe doesn't mean that I need to like wish you harm or, or cause you harm in any way, even if it's energetically. Right. Do you ever feel like, or did you ever have experiences when 
you first started offering medicine readings where your friends, like a, a conversation or a tea date would turn into them, like asking for advice or um, wanting like, hey, can you just tune in for a minute? How about just for like a minute? <laughs> and <laughs> for me, I feel like that's where I've struggled a little bit. And because I, I love these people dearly and, and, and also I love myself dearly. And I feel like that's where I have struggled a bit with relationships of like, are you friends with me to be friends with who I am? Or are you friends with me because of like who I am and what I can do for you? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so hard. It's so, this is so hard. So I find that I'm closer with the people who don't do that to me. Um, but everyone does that to me (laughs) and there's like very few people who, who don't. Um, but it's like, okay, if you want my advice on something and we're out to get tea or lunch or something like that, like pay for my lunch, like don't like spend (laughs) an hour, um, taking like all my energy and then want to split the bill like mm-hmm. pay for my lo- you know what I mean but you can't really say that so for me it's just <laughs> been like spending less and less time with the people who it have that like I call it dump truck energy because I once had a dream where one friend who was doing that to me big time I had a dream where she showed up at my house with a dump truck and like unloaded all of this garbage. And I was, you know, so I call it like dump truck energy. They're just like dumping everything on you and going, can you clean this? (laughs) Yeah. I call that an energy leech. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. trying anyway. But there's, there's just like sometimes this is this is this is kind of like a gray area for me what you're mentioning because there's sometimes where I just like can't hold it in mm-hmm. I just like have to tell them <laughs> what I see and I try so hard to hold it in you know <laughs> I do know yeah but then it's just like the volcano explodes and I'm like listen this is just my opinion but <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I go back and forth too because there are definitely, it's almost like when I don't want to show up in that way, they ask. And then when I do want to show up in that way, they're not asking. So it's like, yeah, don't want to cross any boundaries, but hey. Um, yeah, so that makes me feel a little bit less alone in that. I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Like, what is going on? Are these lessons? Or- I know that there's a little bit of lesson around boundaries, but also like maybe it's just who I am and, and how how it is yeah it's you can't you you can't change who you are and when you're relating to people you want to relate within your whole self but I think you know sometimes for me it's just like changing the subject when they're going into that place or like putting myself in the conversation too because there's just been like too many times where in this, interestingly, this was happening a lot when I was a new mom, I moved to 
Park Slope, which is like a whole different world than the rest of New York City. It's like it's like a place like you take a day trip to get to, basically. Um, and so I had just moved there, and I had just had my daughter, and I was feeling really kind of isolated in this new neighborhood, and people like were close in a way, but never would come to see me because it was part slope and it's like a day trip to get there. And it's like really far away. And then when people would, it would just be to like unload their own energy and a lot of their stuff, not to see how are you? What's it like to be a new, cause I was the first one by far in my friend group to have a kid not how are you, not what's it like to be a new mom, not do you need help with anything, but to just come and like unload and then leave. And that was around the time where I really started getting a lot better about who I hang out with or not. Yeah, I'm in it. (laughs) I feel like I'm in it right now. And with COVID, with less gatherings, I feel like maybe I have a little bit, maybe it's not easier, but it feels a little bit easier to just be like, I got to go and hang up the phone rather than like pay a bill, get up, have to leave, walk to the car kind of thing. (laughs) It's almost like what we're experiencing collectively has a layer of, okay, we're going to make it a little bit easier for you to protect yourself because I see it as protecting energy too, like protecting ourselves and our energy. So if it's much easier to kind of let go, then how beautiful. Yeah, but you have to take into account that we have relationships with much more than just other people. Mm-hmm. Like we have relationships with technology. We have relationships with food. The truth, yeah. You know, so I think yeah in some ways boundaries have been easier to draw but in other ways I think it's really tested our boundaries and maybe even made us look at what is really healthy for us and what isn't yeah wow that's so true beyond just physical people here in the earth Mm -hmm. plane that has been something that's come up for me, especially the past couple of weeks of my phone and, and even doing things like this. And if I don't get outside with like no headphones, no phone, nothing, just like either myself or with my partner, I am such a different person come like bedtime. And keeping my phone out of the bedroom and having a boundary of like email stop now and social media stops now and having a routine that is non-negotiable for nighttime especially and morning time has mm-hmm. changed how I operate throughout my entire day. Because it's their energy leaks there too, in my opinion, like the scrolling, the hours of scrolling or emails at eight o'clock at night, like who, what, in what world is that healthy? People boundaries are important, but what about all these other things? It's yeah, if you're going to kind of clean up your relationships with people, but you're not really willing to look at your relationship with maybe social media or Mm -hmm. blue light or EMFs Mm -hmm. or toxins in the food, like what? is the relationship thing really going to have a big difference or is it just going to be this small little thing that's going to be masked over by all these other things? 
And what I'm having a vision right now of like, when we clean something out, if we're not conscious about what type of energy fills that space again, it's just going to be one toxin to the next. Yeah. Truth bumps. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whoa. Yes, definitely. Um, I think like whenever we think about the word relationship, like a relationship to myself, my creativity relationship to my work, it's of course relationships to other people as well, but we have to keep in mind that people are only mirrors, right? Like that's like we're, we're brought together energetically because we're here to learn from each other and we're here to grow from each other. So people come in as our mirrors and our teachers. And so when we notice that like our boundaries are a little off with our friendships or other relationships with people, we have to look at, okay, well, what's my relationship to food? Like what's my relationship to caffeine? Like what's my relationship to technology? All of these things, right? Because there's for sure going to be an energy leak in all of your relations. It's not just that one friend. It's you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, switching gears a little bit, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, well, f- I'm going to just speak for myself personally of where this question is coming from. I have been drawn to shamanism for years, years and years. And even though I was drawn and had a calling, I had so much fear, fear around what would come up, almost like a part of me was anticipating gunk and darkness and the fear Mm -hmm. coming up and needing to be released and looked at. And the last maybe eight or nine years, I've been working with this woman who is a shaman and Mm -hmm. I've been studying with her now in a really, really small group. It's just like me and one other person learning in an intimate way, core shamanism. And what has come up for me has been interesting. And what I want to present to you is this question or really this topic around being a white woman and using the language of shaman or shamanistic practitioner or medicine woman. And the term shaman for me, I feel like it aligns, but not as much as medicine woman. And there is fear within me around saying, hello, this is what I'm studying. Hello, this is what I'm interested in. Hello, this is what I'm doing. And I did bring this up to my my medicine woman teacher, Anya, and she shared something so beautifully. And it was that we're all descendants from medicine people. And that in every culture, there has been a medicine person there has been a shaman, there has been a seer, There, it, it's just, it's in our DNA. And that to me was a light bulb moment of like, okay, I might be a white woman, but why can I not study this? Or why can I not learn about this and share this with others without maybe receiving backlash? So I would love to know, like, maybe if you have experienced any backlash or if you have any advice on this topic? Hmm. Well, you know, the word shaman, it originates from Siberia. 
that's where that word comes from. And that, and that word has been adapted to simply refer to people who uh, travel within dimensions to bring about healing. Right. So it is like the magician. It is, you know, the medicine person. It is all of these things. Um, I see shamanism transcending race so much uh, with what we understand to be shamanism now, which is this person who uh, travels through the dimensions to bring about healing. Um, I hope one day we, we live in a world, and this is me being a dreamer again, where we all see that that shaman is within us. And so it matters so much less what we look like or what color our skin is and so much more that we are able to connect to our own inner shaman, which is the power of love that exists in all of us. Um, I agree. And I don't know if you you took the element, you were on the element retreat, but I said something really similar, like where wherever you come from, you you go back far enough and you have people in your lineage that worked with the elements, that revered the elements, that revered nature, that knew how to live in tune with nature, which is, you know, is the, the, the core of healing, really. And so to me, when we look at shamanism and race, I don't really see one race having more of a right to healing than another. Mm. Um, I do, however, think that when we are using things from other cultures, using practices from other cultures, it's got to be done with so much respect um, and to really understand what is not ours and what belongs to a people and what belongs to a land. Um, This is something that like really landed home for me before there was a lot of awareness around cultural appropriation because I was spending a lot of time in the Amazon doing an apprenticeship uh, in like it's called vegetalismo, but it's, it's basically like using the plants to heal, learning how to sing to the plants, ayahuasca being one of them. When I first started going to the jungle, there was like no white people going, definitely not like Americans going down there. Right. And then you fast forward like five years and you see people walking around, um, going buying ayahuasca in like the markets, calling themselves shamans, even though they're like really musicians. And I I do think actually that caused the Amazon a lot of harm. The plant ayahuasca becoming endangered because of it. Um, And like not enough respect given to the people who were raised within these cultures, right? So for me with that, that was actually like a big part of why I decided to not proceed with leading my own ayahuasca ceremonies. Because even though I had done that eight-year apprenticeship in the jungle, 
I had to take into consideration that I'm American, white, young looking. When you look at me, you wouldn't think that I spent that time in the jungle. And I was really mindful of the example that I was setting. Mm. And I didn't want to set an example of being this young, white American who's leading these sacred ceremonies because yeah, I, I mean, how I was trained is when you don't know what you're doing with it, you could really cause a lot of harm Yeah, because of what I look like. I would look like, I don't know what I'm doing with it, which could then give others sort of like the inspiration or the go ahead to like, just go buy ayahuasca and leave their own ayahuasca ceremonies and decide that they're a shaman. Right. So I think that, you know, I think it's really important that we respect and honor when we're using things from another culture. And we always say where it is coming from and give credit where credit is due. You know, like when we do the full moon song circles in space, I'm like, okay, if you're singing a song from a culture that is not your own, please name the culture, the people that you learned it from, because it's so beautiful for us to know these things. Likewise, when you're sharing something, maybe a song from your own culture, tell us what it is. We want to learn. We want to know. Um, but for me, like, I, I, I'm like a New Yorker through and through. And part of the reason why I love New York so much is because of all the different cultures that are here. Like, I love, love meeting people who don't look like me, don't sound like me, you know, don't have the same practices. I love learning about other people's traditions and, and, and sharing like the, the traditions also from like my background and my family. I love to like learn about people. So thinking about the impact that I make and the example that I set, I really want to be an example of cultural appreciation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, I always will be that. I always will be that. And I, I know that um, there might be like a lot of shame towards that, but in, I, I, don't, I don't think people understand that we're not all meant to just be only what we look like, you know? And the beautiful thing about diversity is that we have so much to learn from each other. Um, so for me, I have to say, like, I have a really big social media following. It's something like 80,000 people. And when you have a big social media following like that, you are, um, really open to people's criticism. And I see, I see people around me or people who are in similar fields to mine getting really like knocked down for what they do. Right. I have to say though, people for the most part are really nice to me. Like I, I'm amazed by it. <laughs> but, um, Why? I, Why? Cause, oh people, cause like social on social media, people can be so mean, you yeah. know, like it's some true. of the comments I see on people's posts, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so mean. But for the most part, people are really, really nice to me. 
if there is ever anyone who who isn't I actually like will confront them um but not in a defensive way in a way where I'm like hey hi I'm a human being like let's talk to each other like let's let's work this out like let you know um but I also think that I don't experience a lot of um criticism because of how I've handled my training my past where I come from and where I am today and what I offer today like I would never for example I I learned the Icaros which are the medicine songs there in the Amazon um I would never for example like teach somebody how to sing an Icaro or teach something from that time I I feel like that needs to be where it is Is there anything else you want to share or bring into the space like any any final wisdom I think that uh, we we need to remember that we are all children of the earth and the sky. And the earth is home for all of us, not just human beings, but all sentient beings. And there's going to be in times to come, and there already has been in, in so many ways since 2012, a lot of really sacred, really divine, really universal consciousness pouring through each one of us. And we are going, no matter what your your training is or your background is, there's going to be more and more people opening up to, well, wait a second, I might not be the only one here whoa, wait a second, there might be a lot more out there than just what my eyes can see or my ears can hear. And I think that if we can now at this time start having really a lot of respect for each other, for where the other is coming from, not just respect for our our human family, but respect for the animals, the plants, the mountains, the waters, respect for all of creation, right? Respect for the spirits and the spirit realm and the angels and the devas and the the stars. If we can start moving through life with respect, then I think we can create a really beautiful ripple effect of respect out to the collective consciousness. And I think that that is how we will bring about more, um, more elevated ways of connecting with each other. And as we are talking about these more shadowy things, um, social media, cancel culture, judgment, as we are talking about these things, I think we really have to keep in mind that all of this could be really necessary for us to truly see how divide and conquer techniques are being used against us to keep us from recognizing our divinity. 
Because when we do recognize our divinity, we will find that there's so very little that we need to buy. And there's so very little that we need to, to own. And we don't need these titles and these certificates and these things that we think define us. What we really need is just a common ground of, of love to meet on. I love that so much. Yeah, a lot of it is conquer and divide. And then the power stays where it is. Mm. Thank you so much for your time and your heart and just showing up as yourself. I feel so blessed to have had this time with you today. And where can everyone find you? Well, you can find me on social media. (laughs) 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 On Instagram at Mama Medicine. And of course, my website, mamamedicine.com. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Kelly. How was that episode for you? Did you learn anything? Did you resonate with something? Maybe you've had your own insights come up through listening to our conversation today. If so, and you want to share some love for the Own Your Intuition community and for the Own Your Intuition podcast, you can share it on Instagram. Tag me at Kelly Rich Intuitive, or you can just simply share it with a loved one or a friend in your life that you feel like could benefit from being a part of this community as well. If you're feeling the calling and you want to work together, you can connect with me on Instagram or head to my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to stay up to date to every single Sunday's new episode. And I look forward to sharing time with you soon. Have a beautiful week.